Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Coogs here on hosting duty. Um, and I've got Sean SV Carboholic with me today. How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, what's happening, man? All good, all good. Yeah, it's um nice, a nice little five-one, five-one win. Um, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the 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 semi-final draw to come out um now, but you know, it's a, it's a, a little bit of a feel-good factor um, at the moment, um, you know, surrounding Arsenal. 5-1 against Sunderland in the League Cup. Um, some youth youth players getting on the score sheet. Um, and, you know, in the league, was it 4-1 uh, win against against Leeds? Also with, with some youth players uh, getting on the score, score sheet. You know, Haylen, um is eating good right now. Um, can't really complain too tough. Um, so, you know, that... That I'm just seeing now um, the draw we got Liverpool um, in the semi final, which is interesting. <sighs> very, very interesting. Oh, um, to, do you know what? To I, be don't, fair, I don't mind that. I don't, think, I, don't... I don't mind that. I don't think anyone would have been good. Like, yeah, um, they, they it's going to be it's going to be during Afcon as well. So there's no Salah Mane um, that they can play. Um, no Cater either. Um, I think Joel Matic. Uh, doesn't play for his country anymore, but he'll be about. Um, but that's I don't mind that draw. I don't mind that draw at all. Um, I need Chelsea to do the business against Spurs, though. What do you think? Sean, you there? It's yeah, man. It's it, to be fair, it's a strong semi final. Like, yeah, strong semi. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a strong semi final lineup, so um, yeah, man. Hopefully, we, we we get we get the business done. But um, 
Yeah, uh, well, is is it still going to be two legs? Um, yeah, two legs. You know, League Cup games are normally two, two legs. legs. So, so yeah, it'll be. In, I think like Klopp will t- take it. I don't think he he cared about going out tonight, but now he's in the semi final. I think I think he'll take it serious in it. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, like you said, then um, it coming during Afcon might hopefully work in our favour. So, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We're 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 in a good place. Um, we know Liverpool are strong all round. Um, so yeah, man, fifty-fifty tie. Yeah, fifty-fifty tie. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, then you know, let's let's we'll talk on the Sunday match. I think it's just fresh in the minds. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was it was a real feel-good factor. Um, I was at Emirates, and I always like these League Cup games. You know, it's proper nostalgia. I think yesterday was a bit of a throwback to them nostalgia ones because I think you know some of the first games that I went to at Emirates when I was in sort of like year nine, year ten, it was these five pound, these ten pound games uh, where you go watch Arsenal battle Wigan um, or battle a young Sheffield United team or something like that, um, and you get. Carlos Vela on the score sheet, Jack Wilshere on the score sheet, uh, Ramsey on the score sheet, these, these kind of things. And yesterday, seeing Charlie Patino score, um, it, it sort of brought back all those feelings, you know, of, uh, you know, this is this a great time, um, to be fair. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed that yesterday. Um, and I thought there was a number of, you know, sort of notable performances um, that I thought would be quite important coming into this Um Christmas period. So the one I want to focus on, you know, first, uh, probably Nicholas Pepe, because, you know, um, I think he's someone who hasn't got a lot, of, hasn't had a lot of game time in recent weeks. Um, and he's probably someone who we would ex- have expected to contribute a bit more um, in terms of playing time, in terms of goals and assists, etc. in the league, considering how he ended last season. So, you know, um, I thought this game was going to be really important to, to sort of highlight who can um potentially contribute in this christmas period and and, and uh on for the rest of the season so you know what do you make of his performance and do you reckon this he's, he's done enough to sort of get him some more minutes um against norwich or wolves coming up yeah um i feel like he, i mean you know the norwich and wolves games come within 48 hours of each other so regardless we can't play the same team um, so we'll have to rotate. So he, he, I'm sure he'll probably start one of the two games. Um, we know, you know, the thing with Pepe is always we know he has end product, but um, the thing that counts against him, and you know, sometimes I think the manager doubts is, you know, sometimes his fundamentals are just bad, you know, bad decision making, um, you know, in the initial third in terms of, you know, link up with with teammates and you know, um, sometimes erratic, inconsistent first touch, um, and just yeah, you know not doing you know the basics as well as he should do do you know what i mean so you know if saka he traps the ball instantly and he's he's always at his man straight away sometimes pepe doesn't commit or you know he, he's he's a bit too predictable in how he always wants to come inside i think that's the a big difference between him and saka as well saka's always happy to go on the outside use his weaker foot as well so there's just more diversity to his game and you know when the ball goes into saka you know the ball never comes out it's, he's very secure on the ball as well um, and you know that that's a bit of a miss up with Perry. So I feel thought it was a miss, mixed bag yesterday. I thought him and Cedric um, in the first half they were they were but you know Cedric was bombing up and down 
um, that wing, I thought. And, you know, we were being ex quite exposed in the half space. Obviously, I know Arteta chose to go with a single pivot yesterday, but I thought it was exacerbated, you know, our, our inability to drop back into shape by what um, Cedric and Pepe were doing on the right-hand side, even though they've got decent synergy and um, Cedric set Pepe up for his goal, which he took well. Um, I thought that was a was a bit of a handicap. And, you know, in the second half, we saw Cedric hold his position a bit more. He wasn't bombing up and down as much. And we switched to a more of a double pivot, and which which I think obviously we, we all agree suits us more. We look a lot more secure. And the game, you know, I don't really remember any Sunderland attacks in the second half. And I thought, um, you know, Odegaard found him. So he set up, you know, um, the Eddie goal. And then... Um, Xhaka found him, so he helps out the Patino goal as well. So a goal and, a, and two assists obviously take the opposition into account, but I don't think you can argue with the output. It's it's more about improving his overall game, which I think has been the main criticism of him because we know um, fundamentally um, Pepe's got good end products. You know, when you get him into the final third, he can score, he can assist. Um, and he showed that again yesterday. But yeah, we just, we, we, we need more you know, um, and in terms of the overall play, and, and that's what he's going to need to improve on if he wants to get his minutes up, as you say. Mm. Yeah, it's a fair play, man. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a funny one because he was pissing me off the whole match. I can't lie to you. He was really pissing me off. Like, your ball's coming into him. Um, he'd, he'd fumble it, he'd try a pass, he'd get tackled. And you could tell that Arteta was getting, you know, increasingly frustrated with him as the match um when when on them, I think there was a, a moment before he got um, the assist for Nketiah's goal. Um, you know, he just gave the ball away um, in our defensive half, and you could see Arteta visibly raging, holding his hand in his head, uh, his head in his hand, sorry, um, and uh, remonstrating on the sideline. And then obviously he comes up the other end, nutmegs the the left back, and then and then puts in a nice pass for Nketiah to to finish. And so it's just. It's a, it's hundred percent. Um, you know, he's he's a polarizing player. He's he's a funny guy, man. I think he's probably it's between him and Nuno Tavares now for the funniest guys um, in our in our squad because it's just it's chaos ball. You know, when when either of those two um, have it, and I just I, I think I would like Pepe to to be good and to be consistent, but it just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen um, at this point. Now you know, um, it, and I think all of these games that we see in the League Cup, um, we see in, in the Europa League, etc., is just it demonstrates Pepe, um, like from from start to finish. You know, he messes up one thing and then goes up the other end, and then you see a little bit of magic, and you just wish that you got a lot more magic than, um, than than he did the the the, the mess up. You know, but um, you know, alas, uh, this is this is where we are with him, and. What I would like to see, I think, um, in the next few games of Christmas is him probably getting, you know, maybe a few more minutes than he has been rather than the trust minutes, give him 20, 25. Um, so you can properly rest uh, someone like Saka, someone like Martinelli um, and and see if Pepe can contribute in the last 30 minutes of the game. Because, you know, if we need a goal um, or we're chasing a match and the game's a little bit stretched or the other team needs a goal and the game's a little bit stretched, um, you know, then you 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 might get some joy out of him with a bit more space uh, to run into. But you know, Pepe is Pepe at this point, um, and boy, um, I think what we see is what we're going to get. Um, to be honest, I've sort of given up hope of hit of it finally um, clicking for him. But another talking point um, from this game, and I think probably the main talking point from this game um, is Eddie and Ketia. 
Um, so he's obviously bagged a hat trick, a hat trick of six yard box finishes. Um, I think Albino put out a tweet that said his average um, distance for all of his Arsenal goals is something like 5.8 yards. So, you know, they talk about penalty box um, finishes, but this guy is like a, he's like a six yard box finisher, you know, like he doesn't seem to score outside the six yard box, no matter what happens um, really. And I think the last two goals were very well taken, um, very, very well taken finishes. Um, and for me, I'm a fan of Eddie, right? Um, and I guess the question now, so obviously Arteta has said he wants him to stay. He's a big fan of him, etc. The question now is what do we do with him? Because obviously he, he looks like um, he's going to leave on a free. Um, and, and and so what 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 would you say is the best course of action um, if he was willing to sign a new contract? So let's say leave on a free, sign a new contract um, are the two options. Basically, what what would you do? Yeah, I, I would I would I think the Aubameyang situation might change things. You know, prior to that situation, I think he was just a straight on goner. But now, you know, the fact that obviously. Aubameyang's not training, he's training on his own, he's not being considered for games. So firstly, Eddie's already moved up the pecking order now, um, so he's literally just behind Lacazette now. Um, so there's the prospect for more games, um, you know, and the way it looks with Aubameyang, you know, we've discussed in, in quite good length already that it doesn't look like he has a future now. So um, um, a lot of us, you know, we were banking on the fact that we'd sign a new striker next season and we would be alternating between that new striker and Aubameyang. But now it seems like Aubameyang is on his way out. Obviously, we don't know what that's going to look like. January will be quite telling. Um, we know Lack has not been offered a new deal. Um, there's been no deal. And he can, so it's the 22nd, within 10 days, you know, nine, nine 10 days, he can talk to a new club. Do you know what I mean? Lacker. so... Um, I expect that to go. So I feel like if Eddie wants to stay, there's probably, especially when you look at what Arteta has said repeatedly, um, Arteta's a fan, um, there's an opportunity that's possibly opened up, especially if we get Europe now, for Eddie to have a lot of minutes as a number two next season. Um, now, you could argue, you know, and you've made the point before that, you know, Eddie's a 22-year-old who hasn't played really as much football as he should do. You know, if you compare the fact that he's older than all of Saka, ESR, Martinelli, they've all played a lot more football than him, which, which you know, shouldn't be the case. But that's the reality of where it is. So it depends. It, would he be happy to be number two at Arsenal? Um, and, you know, he could potentially get a lot of minutes next season as a number two if we're back in Europe, you know. Um so I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I, You know, Paul Merson, I actually think, thought even made a good point, you know, in the post-match analysis. He said basically that um, as a number two, he said, I would stick around as a number two at Arsenal just because you know what you're going to get. You know, you could drop into the lower half of the Prem, but you could be going up to a away game. You're not getting any service. You know, there's no chances of coming your way. It becomes quite hard, you know what I mean? So, um there might be, you know, just a certain amount of chances he knows and, you know, that will come through at Arsenal. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I would I would wait. I think if he gets continuous minutes here and there over the next two months, he might end up changing his opinion. Um, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, so it might end up being we sign a new striker and Eddie's number two next season. Mm. And that wouldn't be the worst because obviously, like he said, um, you get to look, you get a bit more of a look at Eddie. He gets more minutes in European competition, um, battles it out with a number one. 
another homegrown. You won't be massive wages. So it could potentially make sense. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. And I think, you know, when you're looking at this situation, you know, when we when we compare it to some of the other youth players that we sold in the past, um, I think you have to look at it as what what is the downside um, of us keeping Eddie, right? Because, you know, I think when it was Willock, there was obviously the £25 million bid from Newcastle there. Iwobi, you know, you had 35 mil um there from 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 him um you know oxley chamberlain 40 mil uh, on the table there and you have to look at it with eddie and ketio you say what is actually the downside of us keeping him um not much because at the at the moment he's going to leave on a free we're going to get a tribunal fee for seven eight million um so you know even if he does sign it doesn't work out um i still think you make more money um off, off, off the back of um, off the back of keeping him because you know he's a uh, English young striker. He's he's got some sort of pedigree. Um, you know, under 21's top all-time top scorer. He's got goals in Europe. Um, he's got goals uh, in the cup competitions. Uh, you know, I think it's ten goals in nine League Cup games. So you know, if you are a Premier League team, that's probably worth you know fifteen to twenty million. Um, Full stop, and I think he his game has probably come on um, quite a bit uh, this season. I think he's looking more accomplished on the ball. Um, you know, saw that Everton cameo where he was running at defenders, uh, dribbling, and obviously he missed that chance. But you know, I think I think he's definitely um, improved. And I am a fan of uh, of Inketia. I've always been a fan of him, um, and I just see it as it's 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 a no brainer um, to keep him because at, at this point in time. There's not an offer on the table. Um, we're not uh, losing out on a, on a lot of money, and it allows you to essentially just go out all out for a number one. Um, as you said, uh, you know, if we're if we're in Europe next year, um, there's going to be a lot more games, um, and he will get a lot more minutes than what he has done previously. I think, you know, the fact that we've had Aubameyang and Lacazette in front of him hasn't helped, um, and he probably would have played. Um, a lot more minutes had we only had one of those um, strikers uh, today. So I think if he is the number two, then there'll be more than enough minutes for him um, and we can really see him um, strike his stuff. If it doesn't work out, I think that's 20 to 25 million pounds you've banked. You know, if you look at, you know, someone like um, uh, Mavropanos as well, who we've let, who we we've let go for peanuts, um, and they're talking about him going um, for potentially 30 million pound um, or 30 million euros, sorry. Now, you know, if you keep someone like that, you keep someone like Eddie and you then bank that cash yourself, that's 55 million pound in the bank that you can spend on the striker straight away, even though you don't think that they're good enough um, to play to play for the club, you know? So um, I, I, I would, if, if I'm Arsenal, I would push for him to sign that new contract. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense um given the, the the situation now of him leaving on a free um you know so 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 there's that and then you know i think there were um a couple of good really good performances um yesterday uh the first one being you know martin Erdegaard. um that that game to me just looked like completely light work completely completely light work you know he's he seems like he's getting in the groove of things he had a fantastic game against Leeds as well um I think created four chances got the assist for Smith Rowe's goal 
um, was basically just running the show completely um, for them. And he's looked really good in the past sort of three, four games. You know, I think starting from that Everton match, um, he, 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 he seemed to, you know, it seems to be finding his feet. Um, and really balling out. And I think you put the, the that link in the chat that, you know, the last four game weeks, um, he's created the most chances um, in, in in the league, you know, in 19. So, you know, this, this it looks like, you know, we're, we're, we're finally getting the player that, you know, we all thought we we might have been in the summer. Um, so how how's his, his performances make you feel at the moment? Yeah, man, I feel like... The run of games he's had has, has really, um, you know, helped help to bring him forward. I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's the sort of guy who sort of needs games to sort of build up his momentum. He can't really come in cold and just and just perform. Um, but, you know, yeah, in, in our group, we've all been quite harsh on him. And, you know, I think rightly so, because, you know, out of all the six signings we made um, in the summer, he was the one who came with the highest pedigree. He was the highest rated. He was the one with the most ability. And, you know, um, in the early parts of the season, we just hadn't seen it um, for one reason or another. Who knows why it was? You know, I think they said he was carrying a bit of an injury at the start. Um and, and it looked it because, you know, at times he was getting shrugged off a bit too easily. He wasn't taking enough risk. He wasn't taking enough responsibility for me. But across the last four or five games, as you know, the the key passes and chance creations that have shown, you know, he's, he's really, really come on. Um, and good because, one, we know that he's capable of it and he, and he has the level. I mean, that pass he made, um, that threw to Pepe for, you know, um, Eddie's, you know, hat-trick goal. <laughs> top quality man you, you, that's that's the sort of stuff you're like if he didn't score but he was doing that every game i would not even moan i would, honestly i wouldn't even complain because that's the sort of stuff like that you know you remember from like fabregas that was just doing that urz or you know that's that level of quality you pay for and that's the sort of you know you don't really he's very much um a classical playmaker in the true sense of the word that wants to be at the heart of the play that wants to have loads of touches that wants to be the one dictating there aren't a lot of guys like him about anymore so um, and it, and it is good to see him taking more responsibility, taking more risk, and because you know once his technique, when he's on it, and you know he's he's, he's you know fully focused and you know he's fully fit, you can see his technique is is, is top top notch, man. You know he's he's getting the ball, he's he's doing switches like 50, 60 yard switches to the other side of the pitch. He's doing like nice. There was one, it nearly came off. Obviously you were in the ground, you saw it was a nice reverse pass. I think it just just went past Pepe in the second half, but it was. It was sick, man. He, he just has, you know, there are certain players that just have that level of that vision and ability. Um, and obviously, he's already scored four goals for us this season as well. So it's it's coming together nicely. So hopefully, yeah, he can just continue going. I think, you know, for me, someone like him should be looking to be in the top three to five, you know, um, creators within the league. That's what we brought him for. That's the the ability he has. Um, and so, and so it, it's good to see, man. It's good to see. And... Yeah, I feel like he was the last sort of signing from the summer to come to the party. But um, he really looks like he's coming into his own now. So hopefully it's about him maintaining that form, maintaining that level of consistency and, and really just directing the attack. Because obviously we've got loads of, you know, Martinelli and Saka and also ESO, they all move off the ball a lot for him. So he's got those runners. He, he likes runners. I remember watching him at Real Sociedad a lot. He thrives off people who move off the ball. And, you know, we saw it yesterday, we saw it against Leeds, we saw it against West Ham. So, um, yeah, hopefully this just becomes a bigger feature. It is very interesting to note as well, 
I feel like he, he's referenced before um, the relationship he has with Martinelli and, and you naturally feel, you know, Martinelli's an outlet. Erdogan is, is, is a final pass guy. So, so naturally they should have that sort of synergy. It's the, if you remember, I think back end of last season as well, when we played away to Palace, there was like an Ozil type pass. Do you remember it, that Martinelli scored from as well? So um, they do seem to strike up a good relationship and rapport on the pitch. So long may that continue, man. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Because because it's it's very noticeable as well. Like I think you know league games, you scored like nine, four past uh, Leeds, three past Southampton too. So so nine goals in our last three league games as well. So the goals seem to be coming a bit more now. Obviously, people might point to the level of opposition. Although West Ham was decent, um, but you know we weren't doing that against Norwich and Burnley at the start of the season. So so let's see, man. I'm I'm still a bit skeptical, but you know things are starting to look a bit better. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, and I think it was some of the, the fundamentals that we, was really quite frustrating with Erdegaard early on, right? Like his touch was higgy. Um, he wasn't able to shield the ball. He was getting bullied off it. And, you know, him not necessarily releasing um, releasing the ball um, as quickly and combining with people. Um, and I think he has really improved um in all of those aspects so far, you know, and we're, we're reaping the rewards at present. So, you know, long may it continue. And I think you're right when, you know, you say that this is sort of what we, um, what we, 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 we signed him for. Um, and, you know, long may, long may it continue, man. Um, I think he, he, he said today that, you know, he's loving it here at Arsenal. He's really excited to be a part of the project. And um, he, he really believes in the project as well. So, you know, hopefully um, we do see this project go bang, um, as Arteta said uh, in the past. Um, and and we get some sort of return from, from all of these guys, you know, working together um, and, and, and playing together uh, for a long time. Um, just a comment on some of the comments that we've had so far about Mavropanos. So um, I was under the understanding that... Um, he is on loan, but it's a very, very small hurdle um, for them to to sign him permanently. So I think if they stay up, um, which they clearly are going to this year, I think they're doing quite well in the league. Actually, they um, only have to pay three million euro um, to sign him from Arsenal. Um, and then if they do get relegated, then um, I think that option actually um, disappears uh, and he, he stays at, at Arsenal. We can sell him. So... So I think for all intents and purposes, it looks like Mavropanos is going to be gone. Um, and then uh, they can make a quick flip on that sale um, to, to sell him to Dortmund, I think, or Newcastle, who are interested in spend, in buying him for 30 million euros. So, you know, that doesn't seem like a, a great deal for Arsenal, but um, uh, I think it, it is what it is. And I think there is some sort of sell-on clause included there. So um, if... They do sell them for 30 million. Um, I think we'll get, you know, something like um seven or eight million or something like that. Um as a result result of that. So um overall not the best deal, not the best deal, but um we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um we'll see what happens there. And then I guess Shell, the other performance that I wanted to touch on um was that of Balogun. Um, so like, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about him, you know, being the second striker, taking um, up more, more minutes in the first team. I think a lot of people have called for him to play more. Um, and to me, you know, I think it's, it's quite nice in theory, 
Um, but looking at him yesterday, I think you can sort of clearly understand why he hasn't been featuring more. Um, I think he's clearly too good for the under-23s and does need to be playing senior football. But I'm still not quite sure that he's, you know, of the level and of the composure for him to be playing, you know, sort of league minutes for Arsenal with any regularity. Um, and I think he desperately probably needs to go out on on loan um, and, and let him, you know, learn and bounce off these, you know, uh, grown men um, and compete for a place in a team um, maybe lower down in the division or in in the championship. Um, because to me, you know, I think he's a very talented player, but um, I'm not sure uh, we can count on him um, this season as Arsenal Football Club. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you too much. I think at this stage of his career, you know, he's the same age as, you know, Martinelli and Saka. And, you know, he's just not, the, the reality of it, he's just not played enough. He's not had in, enough exposure to senior senior football. He, he really needs that loan. So um, regardless of what happens, what we're doing, he needs to go on loan in January. He just needs to play, um, needs to get up to, you know, the speed of the intensity level. So um, it's not really an ability thing I'm worried about. And even yesterday, I just thought he was a bit too eager to impress so, you know, sometimes when you're a bit too eager to impress, you just start making the wrong decisions because you're, you're not making decisions for yourself. You're trying to show your own individual action yourself to show the manager. But, you know, I feel like Arteta is one of those guys as well who just appreciates you just making the right decision for the team as much as anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel he needs it. He needs to go and have a lot of physical contact, get bumps, get bruises, um, you know, just have to fight a bit more. So, um, so yeah, ho hopefully... Hopefully we've got something that, I mean, I think all the reports have been saying, you know, like from the Athletic, that there's quite a host of clubs um, matching up to take him on loan. I mean, even if you think before he signed the contract, they said there was, I think Fabrizio Romano said there was up to 15 clubs that wanted to sign Balogun. So it's not really a case of, he's got ability. We know the kid's got a lot of ability, but he needs, it right now, he just, he just has to play. He hasn't had enough exposure and, and the only way you're going to improve um, is by having the exposure. So I, I'd like a good championship team, I think, to send him to. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. And I wonder what sort of teams would be interested in in taking him on. Because um, I think the style of striker that he is, he does like to link up. He does like to come short, drop in um, and dribble and carry the ball as well. So I can't pretend that I am well versed on championship teams at the moment. But, you know, I think we definitely need to get him into a team that play, tries to play football um, and similarly um will will give him a lot of minutes as well because i think you know the big problem with um eddie's loan at leeds last season was he, he just wasn't starting games and i think i checked it the other day i think he had one start in the league um for for leeds uh, on that loan which which obviously isn't um isn't isn't ideal um so you know uh, let's let's talk on the leeds game as well um actually because uh, obviously we we recorded um uh, a Twitter space um, that we put up on, on the Patreon. So, um, guys, if you want to hear our fresh thoughts on that, make sure you go sign up to the Patreon um, where you can listen to all of the you know immediate post-match uh, reactions. But um, just just for you guys on the on the main podcast, um, let's let's dissect that game a little bit as well. So, obviously, the main talking point from that um, Martinelli, the shooter, um, he's now on uh, five goals and assists in his last. 
six games in the league for us. Um, so that's uh, three goals, two assists. Um, and he's he's flying. Um, you know, he's really, really flying. And it looks like he is developing into, you know, a very, very good um very, very good player. So, you know, Sharon, I think you were one of the ones coming into the season that, you know, we weren't quite sure whether or not he was going to get his opportunity. We weren't quite sure what type of player um, he was going to be and what sort of level um, he's at. So rather than sort of rehash what, you know, maybe previous thoughts might have been, um, why don't you let us know sort of what you feel his potential is right now, given how he's played um, the past few games and what, what he might um, go on to, to be? Mm, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting, right? Because uh, I um, even though we've been playing with a pivot, um, Xhaka has been a lot more advanced recently. Um, so if you've noticed, Xhaka has been a bit more advanced ahead of party recently, and Tierney himself is also tucking in. So that's allowed you know Martinelli to play as more of a you know a, a sort of an inside forward. Uh, uh, but both at the same time, he can hug, but he's also, you know, coming inside as well. So he's, um, we're kind of giving him the freedom of the left flank, which I which I think is suiting him. He's not, you know, a, a combination player like ESR. So he's not going to have, you know, the fullback overlap and he's not going to want to engage that because, you know, with Martinelli, he just wants, he, he's a shot creating action monster. He just wants to get his shots off or wants to get the final action in as well. So he's probably not going to engage the fullback as much as an ESR would. So it's been really interesting to see how how it's been adapted. Obviously, I, you know, I, I referenced earlier, um, I think someone like Erdegaard is good for him, um, you know, just because of the type of player he is as well. So when you have like runners like him and Saka, um, you, need, you need someone who's going to feed the both of them. So... I feel I feel he's I feel he's adapted well. Um, you know, I, I it, it it's interesting because obviously my reservations initially was that you know I I didn't think he was technically secure enough and I didn't really want to have you know that level of looseness. Why? But I don't I don't think, I don't think he's been loose at all actually. And you know it's been no looser than an Abamian would be on the left wing. Um, and essentially what I actually think he's he's recreating is similar to how you know when Abamian was playing on the left. You know those out to in runs. Um, it's pretty much the same. So it's because it's also been quite interesting because I think Arteta's always been quite loath to play Aubameyang and Martinelli together. Um, and I kind of understand that because they're both sort of similar low-touch players as well. So you want someone who's going to facilitate, um, you know, someone like a Martinelli a lot more. So I think both Lacazette and Erdegaard have, have, have been good there. You know, I thought Lacazette was really good for, you know, that goal against West Ham as well. Um, and he's always looking to penetrate the last line. He brings, you know, added enthusiasm, intensity. So, you know, when you're looking to um, transition, he's a great option to have, helps to speed up the counter-attack. So he's just adding another layer. Um, and, you know, he, he helps to force opponents back as well because obviously people know what's going to happen. He wants to run in behind, he wants to score goals. So he's offered a new dynamic um, compared to what an ESR would offer, even though ESR has, you know, sort of, he, he moves off the ball a lot as well. But I think he's been great. Um uh, I'm still, you know, sort of sceptical as to what sort of player he will be for us. But, I mean, I'm I'm just interested to watch his development. And, you know, I think a lot of us were probably quite hesitant with Arteta in terms of why he hadn't used Martinelli in so long. But I thought the quote about Arteta said he's trying to introduce more gears into his game, um, which which I understand. And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. So it does look like, you know, there's there was a specific plan for Martinelli and he's being developed well at the moment. So... Long may thrive, long may that continue. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing how, how it goes. Mm. 
Yeah, man, and I'm I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Martinelli. I think you know he's just he's my type of player in the sense that you know he's he's just dangerous and he has threat. You know, and and I really enjoy that. You know, I, I like players who sort of inflict fear um, into the opposition. Uh, the same way that you're seeing Saka do it a little bit now, where you know teams are coming, they're having to double, triple team um, him. You know, every single game, um, and I think now they're going to have to start coming up with plans for for Martinelli and, and trying to deal with his runs um, in behind because he makes so many of them. You know, and he's always, always, always looking to be on the you know the last shoulder of the defender. Um, and then I think now, uh, as you said, you know, adding the gears to his game, he's dropping in. He knows where to stand on the defensive side of things. He's getting a little bit more involved um, in in the play as well. So I think in that Leeds match, uh, I read something ridiculous that he only he only had 16 passes, um, but he created five chances. You know, <laughs> with those 16 passes. So you know, when this guy's getting involved, he's he's doing a madness. You know, he's he's um, he's threatening the goal um, and. You know he's um he's causing danger to to the opposition so you know i'm i'm a big fan um i'm liking what i'm seeing from him and and i feel like you know there's going to be a lot more goals to come not just this season but in the future as well um i think um i think as well if you look uh we saw that you know the the club's gonna start entering some contract negotiations for him and saka um you know both their deals expiring in 2024 and i think you know those two guys uh, are people that we're going to need to to nail down to the super maxes um if they continue playing um how they are at the moment so you know as we said for Erdegaard, long may it continue um the same with uh martinelli definitely um and so, you know, I want to I wanna go on to some listeners' questions because we've got quite a few uh, that have come in um, from Twitter uh, today. And I think there's a lot of the, a lot of talking points um, that we can, you know, we can have a quick chat about. Um, you know, so we've got this one from Mr. KG Yamfi um, on Twitter. And he says, as we come up to the halfway point of the season, who's been your best player? the best signing uh, and the worst signing. Um, so I'll let you start on that. Best player. Mm, I would opt for one of the three from Gabriel, ESR or Tommy Yassi. They would mm. be my three. They would be my three. Gabriel, purely from the fact that he's just he's just a rock. I think he's, you know, the bedrock of, of the defence. He's becoming more of a leader, um, you know, just solid every game, doesn't get had up, wins his duels. Um, Tom Yasu, you know, I, I he, he's an interesting one, obviously, because that was the last signing we made of the window. Um, nobody pretty much knew anything about him. I don't think anybody had like high or low expectations just because we hadn't seen him, so we didn't know what to expect. But I think we can all say we've just been pleasantly surprised. He's just a good, steady Eddie. And maybe that's even understating it a bit because, you know, he's shown he can play off five a foot as well. He's a very, very intelligent, high IQ player. Obviously, for a fullback, he's very big. Um, so everything in the air, he wins. He's got quite underrated PMP. Um, locks down his man. He's locked down quite a lot of guys already this season. St. Maximan, Son. I'm sure there's quite a few others. You probably tell me that I've forgotten as well. Um, but for me, and and obviously I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll plan for ESR um, just because I think you know 
he's been on the bench a few times in the last couple of weeks, but pretty much he's been, you know, the biggest defensive threat we've had this season until the last recent weeks, obviously when Sakura Martinelli and Erdegaard have all started to come into their own a bit more. Um, and and he, he's done his job, you know, his, his dribble numbers when up, he's on, um, you know, for Arsenal in all, all cups this season, eight goals, two assists. Um, his end product, his shooting technique is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I think he's been great and it was probably you know ESR scoring goals was probably one of the easiest things to predict if you had seen you know just the promising positions he'd always taken up and if you had watched him you know from the academy he's always had fantastic shooting technique um so it's not to mean he's flawless obviously you know there's still sometimes the decision making could be a bit questionable and you know he, he can work on that as well um but I think you know the offensive value he's added this season has, has been fantastic plays with that level of intensity energy as well um, so obviously we've spoken about you know Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, ESR. We're, we're really blessed um, in terms of how young they are and, and the impact they're all having. So it's been great to see. So yeah, I will go for ESR. Just mm. yeah, fair play. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, Gabriel's being our best player. Um, I think you know since he's coming to the defense, you just see a noticeable difference there um, for the, some of the reasons that you said. You know, this guy, he's just hes just a tank, you know. Um, and when the ball's on his side or when he's got Dernier defending, you just feel um, no fear, you know, no fear whatsoever. So um, I'm going for him. Um, best signing, um, I would say Tomiyasu, because I think he's had the most value, um, really, uh, in terms of, you know, elevating us personally. Because I think, you know, you saw it, when he went off and Cedric came in, you know, the whole team, the whole side fell apart when he wasn't there. Um, and I think he's probably been the most transformational signing for us. Um, big shout out to Ramsdale. because I, I was going been... to say it's, it's a tough one because Ramsdale is very, very much up there. Um, and, you know, that's the one that's proven pretty much every single person who doubted him in the Arsenal fan base wrong. And obviously, I totally understand what you're saying in terms of transformational because the drop off from Tomiyasu to um, Leno is massive. But I, I think Ramsdale shocked everybody because nobody knew he could distribute like he could. And, and you know, it's not just good distribution. I really think it's elite distribution. Do you know what I mean? So there aren't many goalkeepers, bar Edison and maybe Allison, who can who can do what Ramsdale is doing. Um, and, and that's a key feature in in terms of you know how we start and how we build attacks and he's he's a key component of that. Um, you think back to the Southampton goal the other week as well, and that that stemmed from him. And you know, obviously, I don't want to like shit on Leno, but when I was watching last night, I didn't see that guy attempt to play out from the back once. Do you know what I mean? That mm. guy just kept hoofing the ball forward every single time. So yeah, it's it's I, I don't think I can begrudge either signing, and I probably understand why you'd go for Tommy Yasu just because. We suffered it right back recently, man. So yeah, it's uh, so yeah, I, I understand that one. But yeah, props, big props to Rams though as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair play. Worst signing, I think. You know, all the all the signings have been been a hit. Mm. Um, you know, so it's very difficult to to do that. So you know, I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one for now. Uh, I'm not trying to bring any negativity um, to to this pod as well. So um, next question here. Um, from Nabil Wanada, um, uh, and he says, you know, what's the rest of the panel's honest predictions of where we finish at the end of the season? And if we end in that position, does Arteta go or stay? 
Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Where do you think we're going to finish? I don't know. I said I will reevaluate in Jan. So at the start of the season, we all did our predictions. I said I, we would finish eighth just because I didn't think any of the signings moved the needle. I will retract that and say I was wrong because obviously they do move the needle. They have helped us. They have improved. Um, some of them were slow burners and they're starting to improve now. Um, and so, yeah, so we now find ourselves one, one game short of halfway through the season and we're in the top four. Um, I didn't expect that, so I'll also hold my hands up. So now we have a unique opportunity. Um, it depends, in my opinion, on if we can add something. I would, if like we can, like, you know, depending on what happened with Bobby, if we could, you know, fast track one of our potential summer signings to Jan, and I know, and, you know, German Dan and Lewis both made this point that it is hard to do business in Jan, do you know what I mean? Because, you know, 60, 70 million pound players really go in January. So I get it, I understand. But, I feel like to consolidate that, I think it. I think we need something. If we if we want to hang around where where we are, I think we need something. Um, you know, United. I expect them to improve under Ranjit. They will be more organised, which United haven't been for years. Um, they'll be pressing more. You know, that they they'll look better. I back that. And you know, Conte at Spurs. Spurs are out of Europe as well, so Spurs are pretty much back in the exact same position that we are. One game a week. And we know what happened the last time Conte had a one game a week season in the Premier League. He won the title with Chelsea. So um, I would say those are going to be our two biggest competitors. So, yeah, I I can't. Right. As of now, I can't predict us to finish top four. I just can't. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, and, you know, part of the reason for that as well is that I love all our star boys and they're all sick. But at the same time, they're star boys and they're young. So there's going to be peaks and troughs. So right now they all seem to be on hot streaks. But there's going to be dips and and that's just inevitable so it just depends on you know how long those dips last and how often how quick we can get them back to you know firing again do you know what i mean so yeah i don't know man i will say as of now i think we will finish sixth and if we finish sixth i'm sure arteta will probably keep his job because that's probably what his dream is his, his remit will be in my opinion was probably to get us back in europe um so obviously if you if he's if he fits Europa League, job done. If it's top four, that's a great job done. So mm. yeah. Um I would say probably fifth at this point. Um, you know, we beat Norwich, I think we're on course for 70 points, um, which may or may not be good enough for fourth, may be good enough for fourth. Um, but remains to be seen. I think I saw um one of the, the stats guys on, on Twitter tweet out that they think their model uh, has fourth place being on 68 points this season. So, you know, if we're able to repeat our results in the second half of the season, um, that might be enough for, for fourth place. But I, I definitely see it going down to the last, you know, sort of two or three games. Um, and for me, um, whether or not that's good enough for Arteta to keep his job, I'm not too sure. I think if we get 70 points, um, I think he's done enough um, to keep his job, really. And then next season will be, I think, again, to add another, you know, eight or nine points um, on top of that as well, um, really, and get us, like, convincingly into into the Champions League. I think I need to see that year-on-year points total go up. Um, and that's, that's a sign of... Um, progress progress for me um 
so so yeah that's that's my answer on that one right um next question um sell oba and try break the bank for a striker in the isak mode in the january window or finish the season with what we have and that's from six paths of reed um on on twitter there so what would you do in that in that situation <laughs> definitely the first one if we can do it man Hundred percent. Obviously, like I said, it's easier said than done. Someone like in this act, you're not going to be able to buy in Jan. Do you know what I mean? So, it's just going to be a summer job. Um, the only one that yeah, it looks like you might be able to sign in Jan is, is Vlahovic, but you know, every, everything you read around that is very conflicting. So, do we have interest? Does he want to come? Are the agent? So, we don't we don't know what's true, what's not true. You know, so um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a hard one, man. So no, no, sorry, it's not a hard one to answer the question. I would do a, but. A, a is very hard to execute in January, basically. Mm. So, because even if you did sell our bar, who you going to go and get that's guaranteed to slap goals? Mm. I'd, I'd put, put it this way, and, and you know, I've, I've been trying to think about it, but it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard. Any striker that we want that's going to be worth their weight in gold, it's probably going to have to wait until the summer. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play. Um, we have, um, yeah, I would agree. I think. Um, if Aubameyang wants to go, get rid of him. If they want to do a loan, get him out. Um, I can't like I'm a big Aubameyang fan, but you know if he's not, if he's not really, um, you know, fitting in with the rest of the group, fitting in with the manager, you know, I just just get people out, man. Um, I'm not I'm not attached to anyone like that anymore in this squad, um, apart from the young G's. So, you know, people. People want to go, people causing issues, that this and the other, get rid. And I think, you know, we might try for a striker in January. I just think it's going to be pretty much impossible um, impossible to do. I think if we could get Isak, um, that would probably be the guy that I would want. But the price tag, um, and I think there's another question there that's coming up later about the price tag. So I'll save it for for that. So um, Swag LDN 12 <laughs> Um, he said, why do Arsenal fans want to go back to a Giroud-type centre-forward after hounding Giroud for seven years? Um, on on that one, um, I don't think um, it's necessarily like not liking Giroud's style of play. Um, I just don't think that Giroud ever really fit in with the style of play that we played under Arsene Wenger with the combination of football, lots of third man runs and lots of people running in behind. Um, he was a good link man, um, but we weren't really a crossing team in, in the same way. Um, and I think we, we probably just needed an additional striker to, to Giroud. Um, so, you know, when we signed Lacazette, Giroud was still here. And I think if we got a Bamiyang um, in that, in that, that that summer, instead of Lacazette, we probably wouldn't have ever even needed to get rid of Giroud, and they could have been a good foil um, for each other, sharing minutes and 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 rotating. So you know, I think Giroud's profile is always going to be a useful thing to have in a team, um, and I think when you've got the likes of you know Tierney in there, um, Tavares, you've seen the crosses that Pepe and Cedric are putting in. Um, Yesterday, uh, Giroud loves that, you know, sort of near post run. He's he's one of the was one of the better um, headers of the ball uh, in the Premier League. Um, I think he, he he suits this team a lot more than he suited the Arsenal Wenger teams of old. So, you know, I think it's just it's just about um, you know building a team and having the right profiles 
in the team um yeah. really yeah I, I also think you just, you just have to balance in you know what what's the main impressive attribute of the team so we have a, a really good young project core of attacking midfielders and you just have to it's, it's balance you know as much as i i prefer dobber to lacquer you can't sit here and say that these guys prefer to play with robert because obviously evidently it looks like they profile better with lacazette do you know what i mean so they pivot better with Lacazette. So it's more just about finding the right balance. So it's if the Giroud type is is what suits Martinelli, ESR, Erdogan, Laka better, I mean, Saka better, then that's the type we should go for. Um, you know, it, I mean, the, the best thing to do is to, to sign a striker that does it all, basically, or as much of it all as possible. So we can adapt and we can adopt depending on, on, on what games, do you know what I mean? So... Um, you know, like, for example, Eddie's very much a poacher type. So then obviously you can't have another poacher type. You know, you need someone who is a bit more complementary to the players around him. So, um, and, and this is where, you know, someone like an Isak, you know, fits the bill in terms of his, his, his overall profile, um, you know. So, um, and I've seen I've seen loads of people mention Ivan Tony. I just, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it. Really, mm. man. Like, I get obviously like, cool, it looks okay, but may be hella underwhelming for me man so. yeah I, th I think i think tony's a good player um and i do think he's a good finisher and i think there was just a, a a tweet circulating a little comp of, of tony so far in the in the, in the prem and i think he, he looks a, a lot more teched out than i thought in terms of his sort of dropping in and link up play um i guess my main question mark about him um it's just his ability to score goals at this level. Um, I know Brentford aren't really asking him to 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 be in the box too too tough um, at the moment. He's probably their main creator at present, and he scored quite a bit in the championship. But you know, I think that's my main question mark about him, and I think I'd need to see a little bit more um, goal scoring from him at this level um, before I can you know sort of get behind that, that sign. And I think if we if we did get rid of Enketia and we got Tony and one more striker, I probably would be um okay with that but i'm just not sure that you know he's got the goal scoring potential um that we will need from our um our number nine um at present but yeah so um next question from o is like um on twitter out of 10 how would you rate arteta's two years in charge of arsenal You, you 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 want the honest answer? Or you, 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 want, you want the techie one? I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm uh, giving it. I'm giving it four. I was yeah okay. I was gonna give it a five. So mm. and and the five is is probably five maybe just above is propped up by the FA Cup winning it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, but the sheer fact of the matter is we've had two back to back eight minute place finishes under him. I can't man. I can't. Like, I just I can't go above that. Like and you know, I for me even. Even if it looks, I, I, like I said, I'm not speaking, I'm still waiting to see because I'm still sceptical. What I'm seeing now, I like a bit more, but it shouldn't have taken for me two years to reach this point, you know, starting to mm. score more goals, starting to look a bit more coherent offensively. So, yeah, man, I'd, I'd, and, you know, like I said, I, I, I find the approach questionable because all of a sudden this, this summer we started a youth strategy um, and that wasn't the initial strategy last summer when they were buying Willian and, and party, do you know what I mean? So it's like they've, they've really pivoted in terms of their strategy. Either way, I, I'm not mad at it now 
cool i get it and you know this is something i think fans can get behind a lot more than what they were doing before you know that that approach looked a bit more haphazard but and you know I, i'm sure people point to context around covid fans you know the, the wage cut situation different stuff but obviously it's not only arsenal that have gone through stuff so i just think you know when i'm just purely speaking about what i've seen on the pitch it hasn't been very inspiring um up until now so mm. yeah five for me yeah, fair play. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with all the points that you said. I think, you know, going out in the Europa League both years in, in the fashion that we have um, as well is a big disappointment um, for me because I think those that, that competition represented sort of like a, a, a big, easy way to shortcut um, getting back into the Champions League and the club of Arsenal stature. I personally feel that um, we should have um, been back in the Champions League, um, considering the two draws that um, Arteta's had um, in that competition. I think that's a big black mark that seems to really go under the the, the radar um, a little bit. And I think, you know, um, last season, November to December, that was that was really tough. That was really, really tough going. Um, and that was probably the worst period I've ever had as an Arsenal fan um, in my whole time uh, supporting this club. So that's, it's going to be a very difficult one for me to forget um, and, and forgive and get over um, because I don't think that there was any really um, excuse for us to be um, as poor as we were uh, during that time. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say four out of 10. That can go up to if we, if we come top four this year, that probably goes up to a seven. I can't lie to you, it goes up to a seven or eight. Um, because that that you know, this is this we've not been in Champions League for five seasons now. I need to 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 have a Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday nights back at the Emirates, man, and under the lights, the Champions League music, all of that, you know, the flickering lights and that. That's that's what I need um back in my life, man. The Champions League ain't ain't been the same about Arsenal. So, you know, I need I need that back. Um so the last couple of questions here. Um, so Johnny F um, asked, would you keep Eddie with Oberyn Laka likely to go? I think Balogun could do some loan time um, rather than bench sitting behind a new main nine. Um, so we've touched on that one. Um, um, there's a couple here. Um, let's say, so from A, a Presser to Arsenal Presser, um, big up him, um, good good supporter of the of the podcast and Tommy Ajayi one. Um so Tom, they said what's the top three things Arteta slash Arsenal still need to improve on to become a serious top four side? And Tommy says what can Arteta do to change the minds of Arteta out folks? If you can sign one position in January, what would it what would it be and who would it be basically? Um, so those questions are kind of similar. So what, what where do you think we can improve um to I guess become a serious top four side because I think that will probably change uh, it's, a it's, lot of it's, it's, it's goals it's goals chance creation and goals now obviously there's been a little pivot in the last four matches but obviously um, I've, based on what I've seen of the last two years I'm reluctant to say he's found the formula now so let's let's see if he can keep this going if he can keep this up but that's really the thing that's going to change you know defensively I can't even complain I think we're very compact we're a very solid side off the ball especially when we have the pivot um, in front, we, we have a strong shape. I trust that whole back five. Um, and I haven't said that about an Arsenal defence in ages. When they play on the whole, it looks a very, very strong unit. So it's about, you know, balancing and pivoting what, what goes the other way. So 
Um, and obviously, like I said, we've got some good young attacking mids. Um, still think we need another centre mid. Um, and obviously, we need a striker. So, yeah, striker, centre mid, um, more goals, more chances created and time time you know you know uh, i've seen a lot of bullshit over the last two years under my man so um you know time is a healer so if we got top four and you know all of those metrics improved and you know we added uh, filled our weak spots that's yeah you can get man back on board but you know i need to see it's going to take a while for me to to be in that position yet because all it could take is two defeats and we're back to where we were again. Do you know what I mean? So things things change very quickly. So yeah, I, I need it's time time and consistency. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. For me, it's it's about goals, creating chances, playing exciting football. Um, I think most fans will be able to stomach a lot of stuff if your team is slapping in goals. You know, um, and I think that's been probably the main disappointment about you know this this uh, this Arsenal team under Arteta is that you know we don't score. Um, near near anywhere near enough goals you know and it's um it's quite you know disheartening to watch when you're not getting results and you're playing crap or you know it looks like you're playing crap um really so yeah i think goals and and consistency you know um for me as i've said i'm not going to repeat it this season was all about points accumulation you know so as long as we keep getting points on the board um and showing that we can perform under the pressure of achieving long-term goals then you know, I'm not going to be um, too harsh on um, on Arteta, um, too tough. Um, and I think, you know, uh, on that question about position, um, I think you would sign a striker. If, is that your priority position? Yeah, um, so, 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 so so immediate next position is, is striker. Um, and then after that, I think obviously we still need another centre mid, but... You know, a lot of that depends on what happens with our current options. Um, mm. <laughs> we need another right back. We <laughs> definitely, as we've seen with Tommy Asu. And then, funnily enough, I, I, I totally forgot about this. We're going to need another goalkeeper just because mm. I, I don't expect, obviously, Leno's going to be happy with the situation. So I'm assuming come the summer, he will leave. Um, so, you know, will they buy another backup goalkeeper? Or will they be happy with what they have? Will they try and promote one of the academy guys? I don't know. Haven't been massively convinced by Okwanko. Um, there's the other kid, Hein. I, I don't know much about him, but I, I saw him for Estonia against Wales. Actually, he was quite impressive. So I don't know. So obviously that's that's stuff they will have to think about, you know. Um, so, yeah, Sam, Sam Johnston available um, on a free transfer. So back know, in, that might be... Back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah back in. Home as well. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. in. Seems, seems sensible. Um, yeah, so last two questions here. So um, from Nate Rager, um, he said, do you think Isak and Vlahovic are worth the reported £80 million pounds plus? Personally, I'd only pay that for Osimhen. And who's the best alternative to the above in a more reasonable price range? And um, Sakalius, actually, not Sakalicious, different name. Um, Sakalius77, he says... Who do you see? Who do you guys see as a viable transfer target in the centre forward position? There are some question marks over the names linked regarding fees, link up play, etc. And surely we need to keep one of Laka, Eddie, or Abamian too. Um, so yeah, um, on this one, looking at the way we've played with Lacazette in recent weeks and how we played last season, some of our better games um, with Lacazette. And even this, even this season with Aubameyang, I think our better performances have been when we've been able to press from the front. 
when we uh, when the striker's been able to drop in and play um, balls in behind. So we've seen the, the flick on um, for Smith Rowe against Spurs, against uh, Villa from Aubameyang. And then in these past few games where Lacazette's been dropping in um, and, and last season we've seen that um, link-up play um, in behind uh, to to feed Martinelli, to feed Smith Rowe, to feed Saka, and there's been a good combination play. So you know, for me, I think we 100% need a link man if we're sort of trying to build a team based on the profiles we already have and how to accentuate um, the talent in in our squad. I think we need a link man, someone that can come in, combine with the likes of Erdegaard, combine with our wide players, um, and then also offer some goal threat. And I think you know the best available guy um, from based on what I've seen and what I've watched. Um, is Isak. Um, I think the price being talked about though um, for him is is, is frankly is ludicrous. Um, I think Vlahovic, he can do a lot of those those things, but it doesn't seem that he's able to do it on the same sort of consistent basis. And I think his link-up stats, um, you know, they don't they don't really back up the eye. I don't think they match up with the eye test because when you watch him, I think he does drop in quite a bit, but, you know, his touch can be um, a little bit inconsistent. Um, and Fiorentina that he plays in, they're not very good. So um, I, I do think that one is one to watch. But even then, you know, eight million uh, pound on him, you know, I think he's a it's, it's it's a wayward signing, you know. And I think some of the other names, you know, like Arthur Cabral and this that and the other, you know, I'm just not really that infused with him. So I think it's a it's a, it's a definite sticky situation when it comes to to the striker market because you're going to have to spend big bucks on someone that. You know, he's going to have serious question marks. So, and I'm not sure any of these guys are going to be worth the the money um, personally. So, so yeah, what 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 are your thoughts on? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Essentially, people are these prices are here to try and ward off interest. You know what I mean? Because the the striker market is thin. No one is really worth any of these prices that are being quoted. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, obviously, all these all these clubs know that English teams have money, which is why they they've risen these prices to just astronomical figures. Um, I, I agree with you. I think out of all the ones that I've seen, and you know, the one that looks like he would work best. And especially based off what I've seen of him with Erdegaard previously, Isak makes a lot, a lot of sense. He has a very, very good relationship with Erdegaard as well. So, um, yeah, but 90 million euro release clause is absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I The most I would go to pay for Isak is 60 million pounds. Mm. The most, the most. And even that, you're really twisting my hand to get... That's a lot of money in itself. Yeah. 60 million pounds for Isak is a lot a lot of money for someone you know you know when we saw that the graph of all those young goal scorers he, he didn't have the best out of all of them so but I think he can grow I think he's a he's a sick footballer very good technically probably needs to even though he's quite tall probably needs to you know get a bit stronger physically for the Prem as well so but I like his profile probably the most um, and I think he would be he looks like he would be the Bond best suited to Arsenal um, but it's just I would slap 60 million down and see what that gets for all Sociedad saying. But if they say anything else about that, yeah, screw that. Um, Vlahovic, I like as well. I, I, I don't know what that would be. It's a tough one, man, because, you know, I probably need to, I probably just need to do more scouting, see if there's any other strikers that pop up. Because, yeah, some of the fees, even like we were saying, Rafael Liao, they're talking 50, 60 mil again. Like, it's just a lot of money. A lot of these guys are a lot, a lot of money. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know what the option is. Like I said, I think the best option is Isak, but not for the price that's being quoted. Definitely, definitely not. So, so yeah. Yeah, man, it's definitely it's going to be one to watch. There's obviously Calvert-Lewin um, that's been mentioned as well. He's going to cost an arm and a leg. I, I, so. I, I don't even think he'd be, he'd suit, you know. You know, when we're talking about, I mean, may, maybe, obviously, he's very good in the air. He runs channels well. Um, and his goal record has been all right over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, you're talking about another team like Everton who don't sell cheap. You're you're paying 70 mil for DCL. I mm. don't not worth it man it's just not it's, worth it and and his link up I, I don't see him link up his link up looks higgy to me so mm. yeah yeah well, like i said once i'm paying upwards of 60 mil i need guarantees and none of these guys are guarantees at the moment every single guy's got question marks over there yeah i agree man i agree wholeheartedly so you know sean um thank you for for joining me thank you to all the listeners um who asked the questions as well and all the people in the comments Guys, if you are still listening, make sure you drop a like on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all of that that good stuff um, as well. But otherwise, um, we'll leave it there. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Sean, big up yourself. Thank you, guys. Peace. Podcast Network.